Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening. Welcome to a New York tour. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and we have the FA Cup third round to talk about. And it, you know what that means? We lost. Um, you know, when you did it, you know, we went down to London, it were all fine and dandy until 115th minute. So we're going to cover that. Uh, we'll update the Freddie and Freddie update as we have some, which is not, not much. Uh, and anything else we can cover, we'll probably get some rid of some rumors that have been put forward by. Certain online websites, let's put it that way. Um, but first of all, let's introduce everyone who we've got today. We've got Michael with us, as always. Hello, Michael. Hello, Matthew. Danny back with us again. Thank you, Danny. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? How about? And we have, I think, Rotham's most famous 13 year old fan, Nevea, joining us. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Good stuff. Um, so as always, if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, you can always chuck us some questions, comments if you want to, if you just want to watch. Perfect. Uh, so let's get on with it. Um, Nevea, it was not the best afternoon. It was a great day. I think everybody had a good day, but result not good yesterday. <laughs> what were your thoughts on yesterday? Uh, I think we were good. I was excited it to go. I was excited for it to go to Bend, but then we lost. All right, upset. <laughs> no fun pens. It's no fun. We've we've I went two penalty shootouts this season already, which is uh, strange. Um, uh, I'm not. It's more stressful than it needs to be, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. There, there were one point when I thought, oh, it's turning into Sheffield United Huddersfield. This it'll be fourteen thirteen to somebody. Um, but yeah, but to start with, the penalties were really well taken, um, and then we sort of got into the players who don't normally take penalties, and it um, <clears throat> then it sort of went a bit uh, peak tongue, didn't it? Um, but the penalties sort of summed up the whole game, really. We matched QPR the whole way until we faltered right at the end, and then they ended up progressing. Um, but it was great to see all the flan- all the fans still applauding and cheering Gio's name, even though he missed. Um, I think whenever we watch England, we can take a lesson from that. 
So if they miss a penalty, don't get on the back or anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of them where you sort of look at the game and go, yeah, we lost, but we gave a really good account of ourselves for the whole game. Um, and we can take confidence in that and hopefully we take it like we took the Everton game last season, take it in confidence and then just roll with that sort of playing ability and then who knows what could happen. Yeah. I understand you went down with Danny Nevea. I was Danny was Danny was in charge of the bus. Where are we all right? We're a bit of a bit of a bad one. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't worse than others. They all were dancing. They were mass mature. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Danny. Um, was there any stand-up players for you, Nevea, yesterday? We we played well for me. I thought we played really well. Who, who do you think was, was good for the Millers yesterday? Uh, I would say the Dapper Wedding player. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think Michael. Uh, Smith. Smithy. Not Icky. No, Icky. Oh, Icky. Oh, yeah, Icky. Icky had a very good game. A good shout. Really good shout. No Took fancy. his goal really well. <laughs> 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 well, we've got Rotherham players watching this, so you know that message might get back to him now. Now even I've told everybody. <laughs> uh, Mick, any, any other standout players? There were a lot to pick from, to be fair, yesterday. Yeah, difficult to choose, weren't it? I mean, I mean, I think probably one of the best compliments you can give it, give the game overall, was the fact that it was it was like a championship game, for me. You know, they're they're, they're sitting sixth place in championship. Uh, they've got some big names in there with with uh, Andre Gray and that other fat lad who played up front. I can't remember his name now. Um, who's, oh, who's well famous? Oh. Austin. Austin. Yeah. Charlie oh, his bottom lip came out and he sat in the stand on his own. Yeah. Yeah, so so and we matched them. We matched them for the full game, and probably I would argue we were better side for good proportions of game. So it, it from a from a from a Rotherham United point of view and a long term point of view, it just gives us an indication as to where we stand in, in terms of good quality Championship sides, and we're, we're right up there, which we knew anyway. We knew that anyway, but it just it just kind of cements that, and hopefully it cements that in players' minds as well that they are more than capable of going toe to toe with anybody. Um, but yeah, disappointing result. Well, disappointing end to the game, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. when it gets to penalties, do you really care anymore? You know, game's over. I care, isn't it? but yeah, I know you. I know what you mean. It still hurts, though, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's go through some comments. We've got a few comments coming in. Uh, Stephen Adams gets even more ridiculous now, as apparently VAR is only used at Premier League grounds. We will come on to refereeing chat later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chris Nichols is with us from Perth, Western Australia. Thank you. That's a nice small way down there. Oh, what the side of world? We, we are global, the global pod, global rather United podcast. <laughs> it's about seven o'clock in the morning, there, isn't it? I think well, Perth, I don't know. Something I can check, check while we're talking. Uh, and Jacob Kilburn's undeserved loss, Vickers was best player of the pitch for us yesterday. Uh, yeah, Vickers did have a good game, to be fair. He had a really good game. We'll talk about penalties in more detail in a minute. But... Um, Nevea, you're with us, so let's talk about Freddie. I know he's been really kind to you and done, done brilliant with you, but he put himself in everybody's bad books last week. Uh, talk me through your thoughts on Freddie right now. Uh, I still think he's like a really nice guy, but hmm. I think he's done it because like, he wants to be, like, he wants to join a club near his family. So I'm hoping, anyways. 
Yeah, a, yeah, we don't want to go see him Sunderland for further up north, do we? Oh, that would be good. <laughs> no. Um, Danny, let's dispel the rumours of Will Grigg before we get into any details. The Football League World are reporting that Will Grigg will get recalled by Sunderland. I suspect that's nonsense. I do like dispelling rumours. It's what gives me my kicks on a Sunday evening. Um, but yeah, so last night... More or less, just as the game finished, we also Football League World tweet out an article saying that, oh, you know, Will Grigg's going to get recalled to Sunderland, and then they've sort of said, oh, now they're after Freddie. Um, and rather conveniently, <laughs> or, or rather, uh, yeah, rather conveniently, Paul Davis has just tweeted out um, his write up with his chat from Paul Warren, basically saying, now Will Grigg's staying here because Warren has got every confidence that Lee Johnson will keep his word and that the club will keep the word. Mm. Um, so I'm sorry to say, Football League World. I think your exclusive source may have been telling you some porkies there. Um, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Freddie might go Sunderland, but I very highly doubt it because it's a, a League One title rival. Um, if he's going to go anywhere, he'll go to either a club that we're not too fussed about in League One or a Championship club. But yeah, so we've, we've more or less dispelled the whole Will Grigg rumour and in the same article it also says that Reg is also staying for the season because of his new deal with Huddersfield and they're happy with us developing him as we are. So yeah, um, rumours dispelled. I think we can all have a little bit of a sigh of relief after that. Yes. Until three days' time when they do recall him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, now, anyway, is this your first season watching the Millers? Uh, yeah, how has it been so far? It's been we've, we've been very successful, it's been fun so far, hasn't I think it? It's only been two games, and it's always my away games that they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm out with bad luck charm. <laughs> you might be right, we've only lost three away games all season, and you've been to two of them. I know. <laughs> You're not allowed to come anymore. That's it. You're done. <laughs> but personally, I, I think it, I think I'm the bad luck charm because every time I've won the football card on the coach to an away game, we've lost. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to win. <laughs> Brilliant. But the away days are great, aren't they? The, the atmosphere, the people there. It's so much fun these away days, aren't they? Yeah, even when we lose, it's like a good atmosphere, just depending on where you sat, because like, some are really mad here, and then some are all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, football fans for you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we have a fair share, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and the home games as well. What, what New York Stadium, first few games you came there, it's a great place to watch football, and like you said, winning games as well. It's brilliant. Uh, you realise like how their stadiums are like, not the best because ours is like very good. We have nice mm. food and we don't sell out of pies very easy sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but they're a pie shop and they want even no pies or are very annoyed. I was like, I'm very excited because I'm like, oh, there's pies and chips and I'm like, oh, very excited from like where they're and then like they were like, Packet of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing away away days. You never know what you're going to get food wise. You can always be very disappointed, and more often than not, the roof, like uh, roof were leaking on top of my mum's head at QPR. I found it very funny, but she didn't. 
<laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me that place. It felt like it were made in the 80s. The seats were all too close together. It were all really old. I don't have room um, for my legs. You didn't have room. No. <laughs> I didn't we felt as grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Tried sitting down the first two minutes and we had to get stand up. I was next to like scaffolding, so I thought that like if I still a bit of like not messing up, like sand my head. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. Um, and tell us about your football. Am I right in saying that you're representing Yorkshire now? Yeah, I'm going to Barcelona in April to go play football. That's amazing. Fantastic. Mick, your Ben went to went to Barcelona, didn't he? He did. He's been a few times, yeah, and he absolutely loves it. Absolutely loved it. Um, because particularly over there, they don't play contact football. They don't like it. They don't like tackles. So if uh, there you go, there's a little tip for you. They don't like being tackled. So uh, they, they obviously you know, they just throw themselves on the floor and whatever. But no, he had a lovely time. He had a wonderful time. So uh, you'll enjoy it. It'd be brilliant. I think my mum's very excited to like get a time and like swim. But I, I'm not bothered about that. Me, as long as I'm playing football, I'm happy. <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah how long have you been playing football for now is it how, how many how many is it new or how, many, how long have you been there playing i started playing now like three yeah wow <laughs> what a while then <laughs> you love it and you love it don't you as we all do playing football and as and as as you see, I assume it's competitive. I mean, competitive season. You have league tables and stuff. How's, how's that going? We're in League Two, I think. Division Two. No, Divi Division Two. Cool. Mm -hmm. We're not doing good. Like, You're not doing good. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that bad. <laughs> so. Um, it's a new season because there's new people and like we haven't got to know them proper yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the uh, with the Barcelona trip, is it a um, an all girls trip or is it like mixed squads? Uh, it's mixed. It's only me and my mate going. We're the only two girls. We're the only two girls. At the boys. Ah, right. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, it is. That's fantastic. That. Yeah, and talks about being a girl. I imagine you've had this question a lot over the past few months. But being a girl playing football, I, what barriers do you see? And as are you proud to be sort of smashing Ellis by, by being one of the few girls that's going on to this Barcelona trip as well? To be honest, I'm not really fussed because I know that obviously I can like tackle boys, so it don't, it's not like a lot of bit of a problem for me. Hmm. Brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Uh, and before we let you go, talk me about the rest of Rotherham's season. Obviously, we're at FA Cup. Um, are we going to go up? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. As long as you don't go to any more away games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you might have got a ban from going to away games now, then, never. You know, two I'll games. I'll be in... like that. <laughs> My mum likes yeah. that bus, it's party bus. Is that what it is? Danny's never yeah. said that to us, he's never let us know. No, no. Well, that's because they didn't have party lights before, but now they do. 
I know. <laughs> I was half asleep and all I heard was like sweet Caroline waking me up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you were in charge of us this week, Danny? It's part of us because you were in charge. Yeah, it was uh, It was me and my mate who was in charge and he got some like disco lights for Christmas and he said, oh, I'm going to bring them onto, onto <laughs> QPR bus so we can have a proper party. Hang on and, a minute. Hang on, hang on. What sort of mate have you got that got disco lights as a Christmas present? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest, but he, but he got disco lights and a new speaker, so he's like, right, that's party book sorted. Who's Robbie? Um, it was Reese's. It was the guy who sat right at the back. Oh, yeah. Part of the backseat brigade. I didn't even realise we got disco lights until, like, 20 minutes before we got dropped off. David Scriven says it definitely will not be the party bus for everybody that's going to Fleetwood, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking the fun away. Um, Will you be going to Fleetwood, Nevaeh? No, because I'm playing. Oh, we might win then. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) I think it might be my boys, but I'm actually. Yeah. That's, that's true. Millwall? Millwall. I know. It's got oh, bad taste. Yeah, that's not a great one, but. Rubbish. 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 could eat them. Brilliant. Make it, make it Danny Anthony on to ask Nevea before we let her go. Great. Just, uh, just, are you going to get over the, the Freddy thing? Do you think? Are you going to get over him leaving? Or you know, listen, what what he did for you was fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's just, it, it says a lot about him. It says a lot about the club, and it and it's just, you know, it makes it makes the rest of us proud to to be associated with a club that that would do something like that, and and with a player that would do something like that. So yeah. much as we're all disappointed that he's going, you know what I mean? It just that was fantastic. Yeah. He has really helped me. Like I'm not really bothered what team he goes to as long as it's not like one. But like what he's done for me, which has made me very happy and like has made me feel better in myself. Has yeah. really helped me. That's brilliant. It Absolutely. makes me feel bad for grief again at last episode, but it's brilliant. <laughs> 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 but no, yeah, he is, he is he clearly is a great. He doesn't he didn't need to do it, did he? And he, he's done it, which is great. Um, I think he might want to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do, don't they? You know, we, we we talked about this on. Well, I talked about it. These two didn't agree with me, but you know, everybody everybody's different, aren't they? And everybody needs needs something different out of what they're doing. And and if Freddie wants, go on. Sorry. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, um, I was gonna say. If, <laughs> we're, um, we're, we said before we started we're not very good at this uh, no, we, are <laughs> we are rubbish at it <laughs> uh, I think that like sometimes like I think I don't think he'll be playing like last games he's got out of season because everyone might be like angry at him or something because mm. like, of what he's done but if he feels that's right and he can be playing a better team which yeah but yeah, uh, I think he's just doing what he wants to do best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Have an ally, Mick. Yeah, well, she's right. She's absolutely right. It's what's best for Freddie. 
like it's what's best for Nevea, like and everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, and um, we've just got to suck it up and get over it, Matt. I won't be getting over it anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it goes somewhere like Sunderland, then I'll never get over it. So, oh, listen, mate. You know with all these rumours going around. I'm looking first, looking forward to 21st of January because that's when EFL up saying that I've been I've been approached by Sunderland and all. So, I think that's my that's my due date. At least we'll get, uh, get cheesy chips for a quid. <laughs> Brilliant. Spot on. Uh, thank you for doing this, Nevea. We'll let you go now. Hopefully, you'll come back on later in the season uh, and we'll chat to you again if that's all right. Uh, Tell us how Barcelona was. Yeah, we'll talk to you about that. Definitely. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you very much. Thanks to you, Mum, as well. Bye. See you, guys. See ya. Wow, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah, I'm going to change the screen. Apologies. There we go. Um, <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Vinay, for coming on. Um, we very much appreciate that. So let's go through some more comments before we get back to the game. Um, Chris Nichols, loud noise from Sunderland that Griggs going back. As Danny mentioned, that's probably not going to happen. Never say never. But that's yeah. probably not going to happen. Um, if War if Warren wouldn't sell Crooks to Ipswich, he's not going to sell uh, Freddie Lapo to Sunderland. Even if they bid for him, it's rivals. It would take a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money, yeah. I think, from Sutherland. Um, Reese Kellett's with us. Good evening to you all. The party bus was in full swing yesterday, and we all loved it. We need more, more party buses. Everybody loves a disco. Yeah? <laughs> I tell you what, you are, it's a good advert for Kimmy Park buses tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think the um, the highlight was uh, me and this other traveller called Matt Sherritt doing the YMCA at the back of the bus. That were, <laughs> that was funny. Um, but, yeah, with the whole Sunderland rumours with, with Freddie, I think... Um, now that we know what Warren has said and we've got it on multiple media outlets because we've got it on Football Heaven uh, and now we've got it in the advertiser, who are reliable sources for us because it's straight out of Warren's mouth, um, saying he spoke at length with Lee Johnson and there's basically little concern about Grig being recalled. I understand they're, one of their strikers is injured and it's a bit more serious than they first feared. But if that's the case... Would they, would they have not recalled Grigg to have a body for the Wickham game, potentially? Mm. You know, just yeah. wondering, or would they recall him more or less now or on Monday? Because they play, are they playing Tuesday? When do they play Lincoln? They play, sure. they play Lincoln at, they play Lincoln at some point soon. Okay. So they might uh, recall him for then. But Tuesday, not to, you're right. Tu- yeah, Tuesday. So they would have probably needed to recall him now to get him in training on Monday. And then... You know, fill fill a space Tuesday just in case. Um, I mean, like I say, never say never. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And with the whole Freddie going to Sunderland thing, like like we said with um, with the comment about Crooks, we won't sell to a League One rival unless it's really really silly money. You know, like double what Freddie's worth. Um, and I think after what Nevea said, I think Freddie the human being is worth ten times what his footballing ability is worth. You know, yeah. so, so so I think like like Mick said, it's it might be so he can um, because he wants to move away. Um, but we thought we do have to respect Freddie as the human being, being such a great support that he is. Um, and I think that also adds to the fact of that he shouldn't be booed if he does come on again for the Millers. Um, but yeah, he shouldn't, yeah, but that, he probably will. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? I think what I think what's important when we when, when we talk about it certainly I, I think I'm talking for us three we talk about the footballer 
when we, unless we specify who he's a good person, we always talk about him as a footballer. We never have any slights on these players as as people because they clearly are good people. They clearly are stuff they've done, other players have done. Um, I when I when we say it, it's, a, it's any digs are the football ability, not the personal stuff. Um, I know other people aren't like that, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mentioned to you, you messaged yesterday, Mick, on the Will Grigg thing. If it, it wouldn't make sense for, for that Sunderland to call him back because Will Grigg has baggage for Sunderland, whether they like it or not, or whether Will Grigg likes it or not, there is a lot of baggage with Will Grigg and Sunderland. So if they call him back, it may, it may well disrupt us, it's going to disrupt them as well. So there's no, it doesn't feel like as much benefit. They were better off bringing in somebody else of new than bringing, bringing Will Grigg back. That makes much more sense from a Sunderland point of view for me. Yeah, it probably does. I mean, despite what you've just said about Freddie there, I wouldn't put my trust in Lee Johnson as far as I could throw him. Uh, which, which, as we mentioned yesterday, would be quite far. Which will be probably be quite a long way, actually, bearing in mind how little he is. But then I'm only little and all. So, you know, that, that probably... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? We'll have to wait and see. But I, I, I guess what you could what you could say, and, and it is controversial, is uh, what has Will Grigg done for us in terms of goal-scoring yeah, exploits in the league? I'm, I'm just. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with this point of view. I talk, well, I don't agree with it at all. But, but it is there is an argument there. You know, he's not really he's not really found his feet in terms of his, his goal scoring boots anyway. Um, mm. Outside of uh, outside of the Pizza Trophy, I'm not, I accept that it does a lot more. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they call him back, they call him back. That's that's entirely their their uh, prerogative. Um, but I, I just I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if he went back and and played. Um, really surprised, but it's Lee Johnson and I, and and I I don't trust the bloke. That's me. I've got no basis for that. I've got no basis for it. It's not a slight on him. I just don't trust him. That's me. Um, so there you go. Mm. That's that's my view on that one, which yeah. is not worth a lot, is it? No, that. But all I'm saying is that Romani Emmons Green is yet to lose in League One. The only loan I don't want to go back. Yeah, that's a great start yeah. as well. Um, let's go back to the game. Josh Smith says Sunderland recalled three players for League Two on Friday, so they could play Saturday. So they've currently League Two played before League One. That's a good sign for us. Uh, on the game, mm. um, they, sorry, he says they think they called Greg back if he would he thinks he would have called back already. On the game, Kaylee was brilliant for him when he came on. Uh, he thought sadly it was poor. Starting with the starting eleven, Danny. Um, how much would no real surprise was was Wes Harding really? Wes Harding for Chio, uh, a little bit of a surprise. What were your thoughts on that? Were you, were you surprised? Um, yeah, a, li- a little bit, but I think my surprise was put to bed when Chio came on and absolutely terrorized their, their left back to the point where they brought on another left back and then brought him off again because they just couldn't handle Chio. <laughs> um, so I think Chio was the injection of pace that we were going to use late on in the game. Um, and yeah, then Harding held his own. Um, and I think because Harding was a, is, a, is a similar sort of right-sided player in the Championship that we know can do a job in the Championship against QPR, that may be why we started with him. Um, and then, of course, Uchio for the pace injection. Um, I thought, sadly, he did okay. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think maybe because he was against better opposition, maybe that looked, made his performance look a little bit worse. Um, but in, ter- in terms of how sadly he's been recently, he's been, he has been very good. So it might have just been the quality of position that made him look bad because some- sometimes in football, you can have a really good performance and do what you're trying to do 
in League One or in the uh, in the EFL Trophy. But when you come up against a Championship club, just because they are more aware of what you're trying to do, if that makes sense, and they read the game a little bit better, maybe that's why sadly it was played out of the game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. He still tried, which is chemic for me. The thing is, sadly, and we've seen him in the past, he still looked quite relaxed about it. He weren't trying too hard. Mm. He weren't not trying. And there were a couple of moments where he did really well. A couple mm. of moments. A few and far between, all right, because I think that is right. I think the opposition hindered him. But we're, st- we're still seeing those signs. It wasn't a, a revert back to the old sadly from two months ago. We are still seeing growth in his performance for me. Yeah, and there's going to be, and, and it's going to take time for him to develop, isn't it? You know, and to, to mould and, and become part of the team. He's not played. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think it, 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 we, we know that we know he's got it. We know he's got it, and and if he gets a decent run in the team, he, he just provides us with something different, something different to what Ben Wiles provides us with. I don't think he's as good as Ben, but I, I think you know he's 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 certainly got um, he's certainly got something that he can bring to the team. Um, but it's going to take some time for him to bed in. Yeah. It's definitely going to take some time. There are going to be issues like we saw the other night at Crew, where you know, sort of nation out of title tackles and things like that, finding himself in the wrong position or whatever. It just needs a little bit of time to to, to gel within the team. But yeah, he's a good player, man, and he can come up with a goal. You know, he's going to come up sooner or later with an absolute screamer because um, mm. that's what he does. So he's a he's a real benefit for us, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Adrak, Ronnie Moore said Harding was having a nightmare. Is he wrong? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Uh, to say anybody had a nightmare on Saturday is wrong. I thought everybody was, at worst, everybody was good. And I don't think Harding put a foot wrong. Danny, I might be... I might, I, Harding seems to me that some people don't like him. And I don't know if Ronnie Moore's wrong. I might be, might be giving Ronnie a bit of stick there, which is, which is unnecessary. But I know some people that don't like him. And we'll just get. I wonder if that's becoming a thing. But I thought Harding was solid as ever. Yeah, I think um, in terms of playing as a wing back, he did very well because it was um, it was Reggie was the right side. Was it Reg? Was the right side of centre back? Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, because yeah, because Reg came off for um, for Chio and then Harding moved into the back line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a as a as an out and out wing back like Chio, the role Chio plays, I think m- maybe you could argue that he was having a nightmare, but certainly not use using that course of language. Um, hmm. I think he's just, because he's just not as fast and as technical on the ball as Chio. He just hmm. doesn't look as good on the ball potentially. Um, but when he moved into the back line, he was he was solid as well. They didn't really make any sort of calamitous error. Um, but again, because he's moved into the back line and Reg has done so well in that position, you know, you're comparing apples and oranges effectively. Um, mm. You're comparing Reg's performance that was very good to Harden, who has had to change positions to accommodate Chio. So I, I think he's, he's done a job in both positions. Whether or not it's a um, an excelling job, I'm not sure. But he's yeah. definitely done a, an effective job in both positions. He didn't weaken us, did he? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, still- exactly. Still kept a solid defensively. I those were his words on the radio. I was listening. Yeah, I don't. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with those, but that's football. Isn't uh, it? No idea where that came from. Absolutely no, I was no idea. Surprised at that. Unless you said it after penalty. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but, I, mean, I would have doubt. I would uh, doubt that. No, you never know. Uh, Nevaeh is still with us. We can't lose Chio ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. Last season was a microcosm of Rugby United's relationship with the FA Cup, 
and also records of, of last season, Mick. That was last season. That's just, We played really well for 120 minutes. We probably deserved to win the game. We ended up effectively losing the game. That was last season. That was just yeah. in full. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's exactly what Saturday was, yeah. Um, I, although, I think it was probably better than last season. Uh, mm. You know, to, to, to go away to, to a team where... Uh, at the position that they're in, um, I mean, I don't know how many of their first team played. I, I assume, I assume some, weren't they? The, the majority were first teamers, with the odd, like you say, uh, Gray and, um, and Charlie Austin in there. Chair um, was missing. It was their he, main man. Yeah, but he's he's away at Af- African Cup of Nations anyway, ain't he? So you know, he's not gonna. He was never going to be there anyway. Um, I thought we were a better team. I genuinely do. You know, I think if you're a neutral and you watch that game and say which one's the championship side, I think you probably are on the side of the team in red, probably, just yeah. about. Um, but the fact that there's very little to choose between the two teams is a, is a massive compliment to, to the way that we are and the way that we've developed. But yeah, it was. It was a, it was a very, it was last season in a nutshell, weren't it? You know? Yeah. But we did score. Yeah. We did, and a lovely goal yeah. as well for Mickey Danny. It was a, it was a striker's finish, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, a little bit annoyed that the stadium announcer said, uh, "Who did you say it was?" He said it were Arden. The stadium announcer well, didn't say. Live score said it were a dolphin. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that's it. He did, he did it. He said it. He said it were a dolphin, and, yeah. and it's like, oh great, a dolphin scored. And then BBC's like, no, it's an echo. And then uh, on the Twitter, it was an echo. It's like oh, equally as good. Um, yeah. But yeah, watching the replay, it's a strong finish for Mickey. That, um, but we know he's got that striking ability in him. <clears throat> he does it rarely, but if you look at his goals against um, Maidenhead, Solihull, um, some of his goals in pre-season as well, he does have a striker's finish on him when he, the ball lines up for him. And for that split second, everyone thought we could do this. You know, for that split second, but I'm sure we'll get on to the controversy surrounding the equaliser in a moment. But for that split second, we all thought we could get to the fourth round here. We've we've managed to do this. Um, but yeah, it's another, it's another great goal for Ricky. Um, I'm sure he's very happy about it. Well, not according to match of the day, it's not. According <laughs> to match of the day, the commentary said it was a misplaced cross from Michael Hecker. Did they really? That found, that found its way into the bottom corner. That's how they described it, a misplaced cross. I don't want to get in trouble for what I'm thinking by saying my opinion on match of the day. Um, so I'll just say it quietly. <laughs> to, yeah, move your mind, yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, on, on the Rotherham, on the QPR Rotherham game, um, those words that I've just uttered there were the only ones that actually included anything to do with Rotherham at all. Um, um, there were no other um, no other discussion about Rotherham United whatsoever. Um, so, but well, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not um, not in any way. Um, what's the word? <laughs> Bitter. It, 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 it seems strange because whenever mainstream media are interested in a Rotherham game, you know, like when we're playing a team in, in the league above us, we seem to get very little attention from it. Hmm. You know, it, it's well, strange. Yeah, yeah, this whole point, yeah, but uh, I know with uh, Nevaeh's mum in the background, she's being a Millwall fan, she knows that she's like, um, that Millwall's the uh, the fans don't like as sort of club. <clears throat> but it's weird, Rotherham always seem to be like a club that the media doesn't really like pay attention to. It's, it's definitely the attitude yeah. of, oh, it's only Rotherham, you know, yeah. and they, maybe they thought QPR would just walk all over us, but 
we, we didn't we held around and we limited QPR crossing because their crossing ability was poor in my opinion mm, yeah. um, our, our crossing was was very good we did cause them some problems but their counter-attack was the thing that upset us their counter-attack were lightning quick whereas mm. we were a bit slow out from the back um, yeah. I think it, it really was a game where we just sort of cancelled each other out and defended well against each other mm. and we, we just happened to have first breakthrough and then it were a bit of a controversial equaliser and then of course Chio as some people have seen with the footage on Twitter that I've posted Chio should have had a penalty wasn't given it and then unfortunately Chio missed the penalty that would have yeah. kept us going in it but swings around about that isn't it yeah uh you're right let's let's talk about the two incidents the first one's the goal now it was a goal it was a foot or so over the line it was comfortably over the line now here comes the technical irritating part the linesman didn't give it, first of all. So the linesman didn't wave his flag and say it was over the line. Now, from what from Paul Warren, what, what Paul Warren said, they had, all have watchers, which tell you if it's over the line or not. Initially, they said that all four watchers said it was over the line. And then they changed their mind to say that only one watch was over the line, said it was over the line. So something's gone wrong. Either something's lying or something's gone wrong. It's very frustrating I suppose in the end they got the right decision, and I suppose that's all that's important. But Mick, there are processes to following football, and we've seen goal like technology fail before at Sheffield United. We've seen it; there are yeah. issues with it, and with VAR, there are processes in place that have to be followed. It doesn't really sound like the process was followed for the goal. I don't know. I don't know. Ultimately, it were a goal. It were a goal, weren't it? it went over the line. So, yeah. you know, I, I, what I would do is I would look at it from the opposite point of view. You know, if it was ours that had gone over the line and only one wash had gone off, so the referee had disallowed it, mm. then I'd be absolutely livid. Yeah. You know, I'd be furious. So, listen, it was a goal, mate. End of. Um, and, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing because I don't really think they deserved it, but they got it and that's that's mm. how it is. I understand that that, that you know that you could say there's some controversy about it, but I, I don't. I think I think that's stretching the point. To be honest, ball went over the line. There's no controversy, is there? Mm. Really, I think the, I think the controversy comes from that if they initially claimed that all four watchers said it was in, then that would be like, all right, yeah, fair enough, they've scored. But because they've then gone back on it and said it was only one, it's a bit. Well, hang on, mm-hmm. who who said it was four? Yeah, you know, it sort of spun it on its head a little. Like, like you say, it yeah. were a goal, it were off at line, no doubt about it. But because they've initially lied and gone, yeah, it were four watches, and then gone back and said it were three, something's gone wrong. And like Matt mm. says, when the technology fails you, thank thank goodness the referee got it actually right on the on the spot. Because if he had disallowed it and it had gone in, GPR yeah. would have been livid, wouldn't they? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. So, yeah, uh, you got to see it's come from fourth official and. I wonder sometimes if the fourth official is a bit like a customer service agent where they just tell the manager <laughs> what they want to hear and the yeah. manager tells them something different, like it is in the referee in this case. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I assume, assume that's where it's come from. Um, the second incident is not really up for debate, Danny. Um, when I first saw it, when we were, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced he didn't get any of the ball. I thought the player might have got some of the ball. Watching it back, there's no excuse for the linesman. The linesman is in a perfect position. There's no excuse. That should have been a penalty. Yeah, it should have done. The only argument I can say is that the referee doesn't have a clear line of sight because he's yeah. been blocked off by one of the QPR players. But the ref, this linesman has to see that. 
Mm. And anyone who's seen the footage I've replied to with the uh, with the LUFC on Twitter, it's a stone wall penalty. He, yeah. he granted he makes an attempt to get the ball, but gets none of it, and he just takes Chio's legs from under him. And then referee gives a, gives a um, gives a goal kick. So it's obviously come off Chio and gone out of play. But surely if the defenders won the ball, he'd give a corner if he weren't sure that he'd um, that it were a foul or not. But yeah, watch, watching it back, it, it's the, one of the most blatant penalties I've seen. And unfortunately, we see that a lot with championship level officials. I mean, all you need to do is watch Quest with the EFL stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to see how many how many penalties they have to show. And it's like, oh, such and such, do you think it's a penalty? Yeah, it's a stonewall penalty. Referee hasn't given it. Whereas in League One, it's almost the opposite. If, they, if they're a bit 50-50, they'll give it, even if it turns out not to be a penalty. I mean, it's happened to, uh, to JJ at one point when he got fouled outside the box and then he gave a penalty for it. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Then <laughs> it, it's, I, I don't know, I, I feel a level of frustration building because we had it so much last season. Mm. That's why we're that bit more frustrated than it wasn't given because like, well, it's happened again, you know, yeah. but no, oh well. Yeah, it's one of those that it's a, it's a corner or a penalty. In, in that situation, it should be a corner or a penalty. If he's got the ball, brilliant. It should then be a corner. If he hasn't got the ball, it's a penalty. So for him yeah. to give a goal kick, that means in his head, the referee should have then worked it out. I know he couldn't have seen it fully, but if it was a goal kick, it must have been a foul. Mick, are you you're sticking? Yesterday, you said it wasn't a penalty, Mick. Are you still sticking with that? Having watched yeah. replays, yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, I knew you would. I, I can't am. Say I am. I'm a penalty. Listen, it happened straight right in front of us. We had a clear and unobstructed view of that. And Chio's forced his way past the player brilliantly. He's forced his way in front of the player brilliantly and then gone down. Instead of keeping control of the ball, which he could have done, and putting the ball in the box, he's already going down before their player starts to make the challenge. And and in my head, in my yeah, view... Yeah. um. I'm not giving that. I'm not giving that, and I'm not giving it. And, and I'm almost saying, considering whether I'm going to book the the, the attacker, let's take Chio out of it. Cupid, let's yeah, take yeah. the circumstances out of it. Let's just say that's a, a, a you know a two nondescript eyes Liverpool leads or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know what? I can see where they're coming from. I can see why they're going to appeal, and I can see why people are going to argue that it's a penalty. I don't think it is. I think he's gone down very, very easily. Um, and I think that's why he's gone in front of him. I think he's gone in front of him with the intention of going down rather than getting the ball in the box. And that's just my view. That's how it appeared to me at the time. And having watched it back, I can see why people think it's a penalty. I absolutely can. But my recollection of it is that he was going down before the player even started to make the challenge. Maybe it's his momentum. Maybe it's the fact that he's been leaning on the player as he's gone past and then the player's mm. kind of stopped so he's no longer leaning on him. I'm not saying it's a deliberate dive, but what I'm saying is he's already going down before there's any any challenge comes in, in my view. don't know. If anybody only watched the last two episodes of this podcast, do you think you're <laughs> the most contrary man there's ever been? I, I, yeah, well, <laughs> maybe it's... <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought, yeah. I, 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 at the time, I wasn't sure. Chio's put Chio's put himself in a position where he's either going to get the ball or he's going to be fouled, and he's got fouled. I think 
I think it's a penalty. I, I, I disagree. Um, but you have a you have a fellow uh, supporter, Mick Philip Rawls, who doesn't felt- think it was a penalty either. Uh, but he's not. But he's not convinced he would have given the same decision at the other end. Home fans, everything else. I think if the referee saw it, and I think Danny, Danny's right, he, he has an obstructive view. If the referee sees it, I think he gives it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. I think I also think not. Not that it, not that it matters. But I also think VAR gives it as well. I think I think there's enough evidence to overturn the original decision. Um, well, that does matter. But, that that is a, that is a key question. That does matter. That is important. It was important last season, the season before. It's important this season because if that happens at at Liverpool today with Shrewsbury, yeah. it, it goes to VAR. Ah, that is wrong. That's an un, it's an un, it's an unfair. It's a, it's a it's not a level playing field. Once again, it's not, no. the Premier League clubs get the benefit of of I said benefit. I, I can't believe I'm calling VAR a benefit. Um, <laughs> but but in circumstances like that. Yeah, you get to see it again, don't you? Yeah, you get to see it again from a couple of angles, and you can make that decision properly. Based other than, with the greatest respect, Danny, you know some mobile phone footage from from, sta- from stadium, and then your recollection of of what happened, you can see it properly. Um, so, so it's a joke that it's either all there or none. End of that. That's a, that is just such a simple decision. I think I think with 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 VAR it gives the referee the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, if I got it wrong, I can just go and check it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if it is a big decision, like to be fair, it was a big decision because mm-hmm. it's right yes. at the end of the game, yeah, and yeah. that could have won us the tie. But I think just to have the cop out of a goal kick that shows he's bottled the decision, in my opinion. Because like because like we say, it's either a foul or it's a corner. You know, if the defenders won the ball, it's a it's a corner. If he's if it's a goal kick, then he's obviously fouled the player, and the players gone down and hit the ball out. Mm. Um but yeah, well we, we can we can argue about whether it's a penalty or not. <laughs> yeah. And and just cows come home. But at the end of the day we we've lost the tie, we're out of the cup and mm. to be fair, yeah. I'm not actually that bothered. No. To be honest. I mean we would Especially have got after Peterborough. fourth round draw. Yeah, we <laughs> got Peterborough in fourth round. So we would have had the chairman and that fellow we mentioned on the podcast last time spewing something oh, yeah. about how poor Rotherham are and they didn't deserve to go up and all league position shows that now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but we're great to respect. I know nobody likes the EFL trophy much, but in terms of win- uh, winnable trophies, that might yeah, have to be our yeah. focus now. Because, like, imagine if we go up and we've won the double, incredible, It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? It'd I know, be amazing. We, we could pick Man City to do in the double first, that would be ace, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the only, the only time the FA Cup is interesting for a club like us is third and fourth round because you could get the big boys. We're really seeing not only get fifth round, barring a miracle. We've got a rubbish tight third round. We would have got a rubbish tight fourth round. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting penalty shoot. Right, let's talk about Josh Vickers, Mick, because for his 120-minute display, he did yeah. all the credit in the world. He was superb in the game. Yeah. It was. It was. And then, then came the penalties. And, you know, I mean, he dove that first one. His player left centre circle walking for ball, didn't he? <laughs> You know, um, and 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 just uh, seem to carry that on off all the way through shootout. Grace respect, and he's a he's a good keeper, and I'm, I am obviously obviously joking, but it just felt that way. He went he went so early for just mm. about every penalty. Um, both you know, keep, to be fair, both keepers did. I, I, I don't did. think the shootout yeah. was a good shootout for either keeper. No, 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 definitely not, definitely not. 
Um, and, and like we said at the time, me and you might have said at the time, you know, the game's over at that point before the penalties even start to be taken. You know, we've drawn the game, the game's kind of over. And I don't know, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I never saw us winning it. I never felt like we were going to win the penalty shootout. But having said that, I don't. I never felt that we were ever going to win a penalty shootout. And we won, we've won a couple, haven't we? Particularly a notable one at Wembley, which. I felt exactly the same for so, um, but yeah, I, I, th there's some work to be done for uh, for Josh Rickers in terms of penalties. I don't know whether it's ever going to come to another shootout, but you know it might do. Uh, so there's a little bit of work to be done there. I think he, he is definitely going far too early. Yeah, uh, and this is not a point we need to linger on too much, Danny. But Gio misses the, miss, the the key penalty. He didn't want to take that penalty. I don't know if you noticed it, but we certainly did. Throughout the whole shootout, he was stood there with his hands behind his back, and his body language said to me that he really didn't want to take one. And, and bear in mind when he took one, and you could tell in his in his kick that he didn't want to take it. Yeah, I could tell as soon as he lined up to kick the ball, it's like, oh, he's going to go, he's going to go keeper's left, and keeper's obviously yeah. in it as well. Um, but like I said earlier on, I'm glad that everyone sort of rallied around you and went, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all right, it don't really matter. You know, yeah. I think the performance in open play is the thing we should be proud of because, let's face it, penalty kicks is a lottery. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you, you could be one of the best keep goalkeepers in the world, but unless you've got like some sort of spidey sense and you can tell exactly where the player's going to put it, it's down to just guess. You know, it's like Rick, Rick has saved one of their penalties by sheer guessing. You know, same with their mm -hmm. keeper. Like, like I say, he's probably read Chio was going to go to his left-hand side, but again, there's no guarantee of that. Mm. You know, Gio could have spurred it off to keep his right-hand side and then it could have carried on. But, you know, just accept you've missed the penalty, but also accept that everybody else has rallied around you and, and gone, it don't really matter, you know. Yeah. We, we've we've drawn with them over 90 minutes, we've drawn with them over 20, 120 minutes. Just move on, I think. Mm. I think the days, of, the days of football fans getting on players' backs. Sorry, let me rephrase that. The days of actual, real football supporters getting on players' backs for missing penalties are, are over. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. went with 96, or Euro 96, and, it, and it's, you know, actual, real, proper football fans understand, and they don't have an issue with it. Um, it's just the odd one or two. Unless it's a Penenka and they miss. Well, I don't even know what one of them is, but I assume... Uh, the, one one that, the one that you chip. Oh, well, you deserve to miss them, don't you? Exactly. Because, because you know, <laughs> I, you, uh, you know, anybody that takes a penalty like that falls into the same category as the people who abuse people for missing penalties. They're not real. They're not actual footballers. They're not actual football supporters. It's just a stupid, arrogant thing to do, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, but, yeah, anyway. We love you, Chiro. Uh, we don't care whether you miss or not, mate. Yeah. On to you. Before we have a very quick bit before we come on to some Wigan chat. Grace is a uh, <laughs> with us. Anyone who th anyone think we should play Chio up front with Smudge or play him in the middle? That's from Grace, a 14-year-old first season Miller. He played there a couple of times last season, didn't he, Danny? He played as a striker against yeah. Barnsley and Brentford. And he mm. can do a job there. He did last year. Yeah, um, but I think where the speculate well, where the hope in some cases of Chio playing up front with Smith comes from is in that position with Ireland. Um, but but even then, the Ireland play a very different setup to us. They've got the lone 
front man and then you've got the two like offset wingers in behind it. It's more or less yeah. a four three three, but the wingers are slightly further back. Um but that wouldn't really suit the players we've got. We'd have to buy a very quick left sided uh winger. Um which we have yeah, we have that in Miller, but his natural position isn't in behind the strikers, or at least we haven't tested that theory yet. Um, and with the importance of league football, one, he's got the way he plays. And <laughs> I think to take a risk with trying to play that system, if we lose Grig and Ladipo, maybe might be taken. Um, but as it stands, I think Chio is deployed very well as a um, right wing back because let's face it, he's terrorised defenders this season on numerous occasions in that position um but to play him as like in behind the strikers like i say if we lose ladipo and grig maybe uh, i can see that being an option but right now i think geo's best out on the right hand side because he's just starting to come good with his crosses and he's started assisting exactly. more empty exactly two assists this year already yeah. um Let's have a very quick bit. We're going to hear from, um, well, we're going to hear from Mick and Ben talk about Manscaped no. for a minute. Oh, here we so go. We'll be back oh, in a minute. No, Hello no. and Happy New Year from us all at New York Talk. Uh, there's only foreigners, but Happy New Year. Uh, also, from my, Happy New Year for my friends at Manscaped, who very kindly decided to sponsor us. Uh, they're promoting their new product, the Lawnmower 4.0, um, which is kind of well known for reducing cuts uh, and making it a lot easier to trim your balls. Uh, you can buy this separately or in a bundle called the Performance Package, which also, which in that you get a ball toner, ball toner and ball deodorant, uh, which are actually very handy um, because they're specifically designed for your balls. So they they work very well. Uh, I would highly, I highly recommend all of this. Uh, the lawnmower, it comes with a little light, uh, comes with a little light there that comes on when you, when you turn the, the razor on so it's very good it comes with a little charging port oh which is also a little holder yeah i highly recommend it i use it and i i highly recommend it you highly recommend it ben you highly recommend that somebody goes to manscape.com and enters the code nyt for free shipping and 20 percent off so that's manscape.com for 20 percent off free shipping using the code nyt and Ben either recommends it. <laughs> oh, mate. Now, did, not, did, not... Uh, did your package get lost in the post or something, mate? <laughs> 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 He's been on the bus big time, hasn't he? <laughs> that is horrible. That, that, I mean, I mean, credit to Ben for doing... I, I just sit in there looking like some sort of clown who's trying to work out what on earth's happening in his life. <laughs> the, the only thing that could have made that... More funny was if you had the Wednesday shirt on. <laughs> then, then, it, then it would have been peak. That would have been peak. But, but now that that is, it's, it's it's very good. I will admit, very no, it's good. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like Mick and Ben said, uh, use code NY2 for twenty percent off at manscaped.com. And yeah, that that package with the uh, with the Loma four point oh, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it as well. Yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, we're going to finish on a bit of a whinge. Let's have a good whinge about Wigan Athletics. So there's a couple. Of, I'm going to read the full story and then we'll get into the nooks of it. Sam Tuck's tweet us earlier uh, with some questions for us to talk about. He ended by saying, as Wigan wanting extension to the season, 
after what we went through. Don't get me started. So this comes after the Wigan chairman came out today, Talal Alhamad. That's probably not how you say it, but that's how we go and go for it. I came out. I'm going to read his statement out. It's not a very long one, but I think if anybody's not seen this on Twitter and Facebook, I think it's, I think it's important from from a Rotherham United point. I think it's important to understand it and look at it. So his statement reads: At Wigan Athletic, we have always respected the rules and regulations put in place for the safety and well-being of all. We have adhered to these respectfully throughout the hardships of and the pandemic that followed. However, playing a football game every three days for a hundred days is unhealthy. It is inevitable that the players will suffer from increased stress, pressure, which could lead to physical and mental injury to our valued players and teams. Our players would be required to perform at peak elite level on each occasion and over a significant period. This is near impossible. For the integrity of the competitions in which we are competing, we must find some equality in our fixture programme. I am, I am positive that our clubs will agree with me that the EFL should reconsider their position and extend the league under such circumstances. The main reason being our players, their safety and their well-being. Now, I don't, this, this guy wasn't there last season. I think that's important to point out. He, he may not have been aware of the Football League, what happened in the Football League last season. But where we from, we spoke to Graham Falk from what the what the Falk podcast from the Sunderland podcast. They were in a similar situation was last season. They played Saturday, Tuesday from January onwards. Uh, Andy Holt tweeted out that Accrington had to play something like thirty games from January to May last year. Nobody's bad an eyelid, but because Wigan have got to play Saturday, Tuesday for a few for a couple of months, their chairman has decided that it's unfair and it impacts the integrity of the competition. Danny, find some words to describe it because I'm struggling. I just wish Tony Stewart would get Twitter. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be because you could. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I, I have this thought in my head that another chairman would tweet something out, and I imagine Tony Stewart and Andy Alt ganging up on somebody in the comments <laughs> section. Um, but yeah, but you can you can understand where the Wigan chairman's coming from because he's trying to look after the squad and the and the um the well-being of them which you know great yeah fair enough but to say it um, it challenges the integrity we need to come together and find a solution this that and other it's like mate it's already happened last season and the EFL did nothing you know we had we had Paul Warren saying the exact same thing um I think the season should be extended and to be honest he still thinks that now because of the, the amount of games that have dropped off anyway because of the well-being of the player for the well-being of the players but to say so I would probably call out the EFL about it when it's already happened and nothing's happened. And like you said, there's been Sunderland, us, Accrington, and probably a, f- a fair few number of Premier League clubs this season that will be in that situation. To openly call them out on Twitter's a bit, you know, like, really, couldn't you, like, handle it in-house and just gone, who wants to come round and submit this letter to the EFL asking them to change it rather than making it public? Because we know when things are made public, it divides opinion very very often so now the afl look at that maybe look in the comments and go well everyone's divided anyway so we'll just do nothing you know like they did last season but for us to look at it with our offering united glasses we went through a hell month where i can't remember how many games we played in that month of april but we played four games in eight days and just got on with it you know there was no open call from tony stewart to extend the season because we just didn't bother. We just got on with it. And I've seen 
this is the thing that surprised me. I've seen a Sheffield Wednesday fan openly agree that Rotherham probably got relegated because of fixture congestion due to COVID. And if they'd extended the league season a bit, they might have stayed up. But with Wigan going, going for the top of, you know, the top of League One this season, obviously it's a different issue, you know, and suddenly we should extend the season by two, three weeks. But obviously we can't do that because we've got a, a season starting early next season to make accommodating for the World Cup in winter. So, in my opinion, it's just best just to get on with it. You know, just just get just get on with it. Keep quiet about it and wait and see <laughs> how well you're doing that fixture build-up. You know, because you don't actually know what's going to happen. You could play an absolute blinder of a month with that fixture build-up and you're raking 20, 20 points in two weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think with a squad of Wigan's size, ability and strengths, this should be okay, I think. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my mum's just come back in. But yeah, I think to openly put it on Twitter has actually diminished his argument a little bit because he could have very easily rallied support with other chairmen very privately and then gone to the EFL meeting about it. But because he's made it public, like I say, people disagree with it and the EFL will probably do nothing about it now, which is a shame my, because it'd help out. But anyway. My prediction would be is that he's already done that and he's got no support. So he's, he's, he's then put it out in public to try and gain public support. I may be being cynical there. Um, for me, Mick, it's not just a logistical problem, which is a logistical problem to move it because of the playoffs and next season and everything else. It's also a fairness issue. If you extend the season this season, then that's not fair that you didn't extend it last season. There, there, there is a, There's an argument of fairness. That you, we talk about integrity of the competition. If you're changing one season's competition for the next season, you're changing the rules essentially, there's no fairness there's no integrity, I, I don't see how this could come through as he, what he wants well, I mean, First things first, I agree with what he's saying I don't agree with what he's saying you Which know? part? Well, the fact, that, the fact that it shouldn't be allowed and it shouldn't be allowed to continue and there should be some contingency in place and everything else and yeah, it's going to affect players in terms of their abilities or the, the level that they're able to perform at, definitely and we know that, and 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 the reason I I know that is because I saw it in our team last season when we had to do it, and we got no help, no sympathy, which we didn't want particularly, but we got no help, and it contributed massively to us having to play Wigan this season, hmm. um, and and other clubs. So I could I have a certain amount of sympathy for his point of view. You know, it's his team. You know, they're pushing for promotion. They've got a massive fixture backlog. Yeah, I get that. I understand that, and it's it's as a result of circumstances partially outside of their control. I get that as well. Um, but the, the, the EFL set a precedent last season by saying, "Get on with it." Mm. That's what they said essentially. The EFL last season said, "We are doing nothing, nothing at all, to help you out in this situation. You will play." End of story. I cannot understand, I cannot see how they can deviate from that this season. I'll, I'm not saying they won't at all, you know, because if people like this fella and others start to put enough pressure on, you know, Klopp and his mates, they're all starting to put pressure on Premier League, doing the same thing with, the, with exactly the same nonsense. And it is nonsense as far as they're concerned, you know. So the, the Premier League and the EFL are obviously different different organisations and, and will have slightly different rules. Um, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. I think the only way that they can deal with it is say if the season finishes on whatever it is of, of April, you play your games between now and then. That's it. I don't see any other way that they're going to be able to deal with this uh, because that's how they dealt with it last season. Um, and it would be massively, massively unfair for him to change that. It's also worth pointing out that they are in, still in two other cup competitions. Uh, now, yeah. they have chosen to take those cup competitions as seriously as they have. They could have put out significantly weakened teams in the first, second and third round of the FA Cup so they would have gone out. They've chosen to take those competitions seriously, which means they've been successful the through to the fourth round of the FA Cup, quarterfinals of the Papa John's, which means they have left less weekends to fit games, less weekdays, sorry, midweek days, and extra games on weekends. They've chosen mm. to do that. Nobody's yeah, yeah. forced you to play a full-strength squad in, in those competitions. So you're, you're essentially complaining about being successful, playing more mm. games, is what you're doing, which is just crazy. I... I I don't. I don't like it. I think he's panicking. I think. I think he's worried about what's going to happen because the games. They're already four games behind. Four, but three or four games behind. Mm. The three behind us. Four behind others. They're going to be another game behind because they're through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. If they're successful in the EFL Trophy and get to the final, they're going to be another game behind because that's a weekend game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've. I have no sympathy for them. Absolutely no sympathy for them. No, neither. What we went through. I'm very I, th I think I think the only sympathy I have for him is that I understand that they do have more games to play because we we were in the third round of the FA Cup our standard yeah. last season and then went out against Everton but still put in a good performance but like you say Wigan have chosen to given uh, to give the AFL trophy and the FA Cup early rounds both barrels um now if they were very panicky about fixture congestion and fitting those fixtures in you wouldn't like um go against them pulling out of the cup competitions and someone getting a bye. We haven't seen it for a long time. But yeah. if he's worried about the integrity of his own squad and their health values and over excelling themselves by playing a lot of games in a week, that's when you have to make that decision. You have to make the decision of what's more important, the welfare of the squad or getting as far as we can in cup competitions. And for me, if I was a chairman um of an EFL club, which I'm far from by the way, um <laughs> but in my, in my mind, I'd go, right, we've got we're four games behind in the league because we've postponed these four games. What matters more, us trying to get to the championship, us going on and running the FA Cup, or us gambling on the AFL trophy. And for me, I'd pull out of the FA Cup personally. Just 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 to keep just to keep, you know, the health of my own squad and and their well being in mind. But like I say, I'm not an EFL chairman. No. <laughs> We're not Suck it up, a Iranian, are we? Um, a couple of comments on it. Donna Longdon, I think there's an element of suck it up, to be fair. COVID is going to continue. There, these, these, there's enough players in the team to have 11 players on the pitch. Different abilities, but that's how that's the manager's job to prepare for players having COVID and ensure players who are available fit, fit are fit and trained well. Yeah, bang on. Mm, yeah, absolutely right, yeah. Over my 25-man squad is so you can fit these games in, play twice a week. Yeah. Um, Andrew Kelly, exactly. I mean, I didn't expect any sympathy from Rotherham fans, and then you're fully delivering. Thank you very much. Uh, we played nine <laughs> matches last April. It's a case of man open, crack on. I'd like to bet they have a bigger squad than us too. Yep. And if they want mm. to, they can go out and buy five players this, this January transfer <clears throat> window as well. Don't we gonna have another twenty threes as well? I'm not sure. I think... I, I, yes, they do because they, they, one of their fans said they'd already been using them. 
Yeah, so again, that's oh. another pool to dip into that we haven't got. Well, I, well, on that basis, mate, just shut up. Do yourself a favour and just shut up. I mean, come on. That's I didn't realise that. Up. I didn't know that they had yeah. that as well. Uh, get get on, Go and get on bus with Klopp and, and have a little moan and a cry together and then get on with your job, mate. Yeah, I'm not, well, too, I'm not really... too sure, but I think their academy in, in under-23s is category two. I think mm-hmm. so. It's like the next step down from being able to put it actually in the EFL trophy because Wigan Settle yeah. is very good and very they've carried well. it over for when they're in the Premier League, um, which wasn't too long ago. And yeah, like, like you say, if they've got under 23s with a decent number of players coming through, they can dip into that if needs be, especially for the FA Cup in the EFL trophy. Um, we don't have that. We've got the first team and then the academy done. And we've still used yeah. our academy players in the EFL Trophy just to give them a run out. Yeah, yeah, right. um, exactly. yeah so sympathy slightly diminished at their value of under 23s. Mm. Yeah. My, mine's it's not completely. Yeah. Gone completely. Um, I think their manager were complaining about it as well. Liam Richardson were complaining about whatever. They wanted, I think they wanted to, from what I can read on Twitter, they wanted to play Accrington on Tuesday coming with about seven days' notice. And accurate and we're like, that's what that's about. I've seen that. Five days notice. Five days notice. Sorry. They're expecting they're expecting Accrington to turn the team out against them with five days notice. Bear and right then complaining and moaning. COVID outbreak, Accrington. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then complaining and moaning and and everything else because they've refused to do that. I, I'm sorry, just grow up. I expected better from Wigan, from a football club of Wigan as well. Yeah, I very much so. I, I expected a bit, a bit better from them as a club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, nice. um, I think we're just about covered everything. Danny, and make anything else that we've not covered? I think we've just about covered everything. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Just a word on the whole, uh, we wanted to play on Tuesday and you've refused. Lads, it took us however long to rearrange a game with Shrewsbury. And we've only just rearranged it for first of March, yeah. you know, and that's because of them being involved in the FA Cup. Same with Doncaster when we had to postpone it because we were meant to play him on Saturday. We put it till the first of February. So there's a pattern emerging that it's at least three weeks, um, diff- well, potentially three weeks difference between when the fixture was actually meant to be played and where it's been rearranged to. But these have been done like weeks in advance. Like we rearranged the game with Doncaster as soon as we knew we were in third round at FA Cup regardless of who we were playing, but to set back into and jump to play on Tuesday, it's like, well, no, because we're not prepared for it. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It, it's not like it's not like old school football where it's like, oh, um, uh, dog and duck are free yeah. on Tuesday. Should we play <laughs> them? Yeah, all right, then we'll have a few parts beforehand. I'll see if it, I can it, get an hour off and we'll talk. We'll yeah. Yeah, I'll say to me, um, me area manager, if I can have that day off and then we can yeah. have yeah. a kick of out. Unfortunately, it don't work like that anymore. <laughs> and squads need extended time periods to prepare and five days notice is not enough time to prepare for a professional football club in a league match. To be fair, our rearrangement of the Lincoln game is quite short time. We, we arranged it in the middle of last week for two weeks later, just under two weeks later. I was surprised mm. how quickly we were, we were able to rearrange that. So what did you expect five days? Uh, but, yeah. but but if you can force a team to do that, then it, you've got a much better chance of winning game, haven't you? So that might be what he's trying pressure. to do. What we were statement putting pressure on the EFL to try and force other clubs to play games when they don't want to. That might be another t- a tactic he's trying to employ. Then I think they should do that for the Catholic One Academies in the AFL Trophy. Instead of saying to them when do you want to play, you should you should say to them you're playing on Saturday at a discussion. But you know. 
Yeah. Um, Final Papa John's, uh, Portsmouth. It's now down to Portsmouth or Cambridge. Uh, they play Tuesday night uh, at Cambridge. After Cambridge's amazing win at the weekend, they get the real thing underway on Tuesday with the Papa John's trophy. Um, so by Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we will know our p- opponent for the week commencing the 24th of January. Probably Portsmouth, if you want to put money on it. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, make anything mm. else? No. Super I'm just trying to, trying to stop myself saying anything about that Newcastle German woman. So I have done. I've, I've, I've managed to mute myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If anybody wants to know, just message Mick directly. He'll tell you what he thinks about it. Um, <laughs> we will. We've enjoyed this. So thank you for coming, everybody. Thank you for joining us in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you haven't already. That's jumps for the game. We appreciate everybody that hasn't already. If you're on Facebook, go over to YouTube, subscribe. If you are listening on iTunes, again, please make sure you've subscribed on there. And if you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes as well, that would be lovely. We're flying fairly high in some random country's charts. Um, again, I don't know how. I think, I think we're doing pretty well in Saudi Arabia again for some reason. Um, not after tonight, we're not. No, no, no. We're, not we're criticising <laughs> criticize Newcastle and, and Wigan. <laughs> Oh, oh, they're Bahrain, God. Wigan. Oh, oh Bahrain, right. Wigan. okay. Yeah, right. um, we're not in the Bahrain charts, unfortunately. Um, ah. Australia. So uh, Chris, who was in Australia, if he, if he, you know, he might have pumped up some of the Australian charts. Uh, so thank you, everybody there. Spotify as well. If you follow, if you follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us, whatever the version is on Spotify, that would be sensational. We will be back on Thursday. Yes, we're back on Thursday to preview Fleetwood Town, another away trip. Another almost sold out away trip as well. Um, this time to the northwest, where we've already lost twice northwest this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to Nevea for coming on earlier. Like I said, we'll pull everyone on again. It's later on in the season. Uh, that'd be cool. And Mick and Danny will be with us on Thursday. So if you want some more, Mick, Danny, and Mick, Mick, Danny, and Mick, Matt, Danny, and Mick, which is us three, join us Thursday night or Friday morning for the podcast. Mick, Danny, it's been a pleasure, and I'll see you in a few days. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 